Amen. Hey, turn in your Bibles with me, if you would, please, and uh, go with me to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 to start with. And uh, uh, Brother Mill, appreciate his ministry. He works with a lot of our missionaries, and uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, I appreciate Pastor Schott and the church here. I've watched you grow. I remember meeting in that little tiny place about 30 years ago. I thought it was a garage at one time, and... Uh, and that was a blessing, and I've been, to, been able to see the ministry grow, and, and Brother Marty's got to see me lose hair, and I've got to see him grow up a little bit and out. But anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's continue. I want to get a love offering, amen? Uh, but uh, yesterday in our ministries in New Guinea alone, uh, their day ahead of us, we had uh, 4,102 in our eight different churches, 12 were saved, four were baptized. We have two Christian schools there and a Bible Institute. And these ministries are just what I was involved with in the 90s. And every pastor was in our, that's pastors, those eight churches were saved in our ministry, went to our school there, grown, and they've taken this to a different level. They all do missions, faith, promise, giving also. They all have the, we have 32 fellowship churches started out of those eight in the last 12 years. So they got it going on over there. It's not rocket science, it's Bible, all right? And uh, what I want to do this morning <clears throat> is take a couple of minutes, a different thought this hour. So let's look at chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians and look at verse 1, and we'll read there a little bit and get right into this. The Bible says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Now this is not tithes or offerings. This is talking about grace giving. A collection above. Verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store (coughs) as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters... Then will I send to bring you liberality, your liberality, unto Jerusalem. <clears throat> so these churches that were started is sending support back to the main church that had fallen on hard times. How many see that there? Okay, stay with me. Now, on this thought, let's slide over later into the chapter. Go with me, please, now down to verse 13. Watch ye... Stand fast in faith, quit you like men, be strong. And that that word quit you means now pay attention, stay strong. Don't stop on me here. Let your things be done with charity. Let all your things. Let all, what is those things? Giving, reaching. I beseech you. That's a military term from the Roman Empire. Paul uses that. Stand with me on this, brethren. You know the house of Stephanus, or Stephanus, that is the first fruits of the church of Arcadia, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They were addicted to giving. I didn't write this, just delivering it. Now watch this. That ye submit yourselves unto such. Now you pay attention to this man and his family. 
and to every one that helpeth with us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus, and of Fortunus, and of Archaicus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are addicted. The word is such. Addicted. Isn't that great? How many ever saw this before? Never seen that these people were addicted to the ministry of giving and supplying the wants and the needs of the ministry of Apostle Paul. All God's people said, never saw that before. Addicted. So when I read this, I have a question. Why were they addicted? What were they addicted? I mean, now I'll tell you what, folks. I'm addicted to that Dunkin' Donut coffee over there with a shot of espresso. Amen? I'm also addicted to blueberry Pop-Tarts. Some of you look like you're addicted to steak and chicken. I'm also addicted to the fact that I don't like dentist. You'd hear first hour, you'd know that. I'm addicted to loving my wife. I'm addicted to serving the Lord. I wished I could do something else to make more money than I make, but I can't. I'm only addicted to this. I've invested every ounce from the day I graduated from college. I have never known another job besides, ever, than serving the Lord full time. Amen? That's in me. That's in Brother Millen down there. That's just what we do. That's what's in him. God got a hold of us. And honestly, Brother Marty, you're addicted to this. You can't do anything else. Brother Millen, you can't do anything else. I can't either. Now, we're not probably the best examples of being addicted. You know, maybe it's to caffeine or maybe it's to blueberry Pop-Tarts and maybe it's to hating dentist. But I'm going to talk to you today why you should be addicted to the ministry that God gives you in and through this church when it comes to reaching the loss of the world, when it comes to giving to missions or supporting the ministry. Uh, and let's go back to get our outline in Mark chapter 16. Jesus is on his way to heaven. The crucifixion is over. Uh, he's uh, giving his disciples their marching orders by themselves. And, and uh, I want that to speak to us a little bit today. And I want us to understand why, why do you need to be addicted to the missions giving, prayers and support. You support 19 missionaries, is it? And, and, and why you need to pray for them and why you need to hold them up. This morning, I could show you my phone, five pastors that I reached out this morning that support me that are 40 years of age or younger. One's in Virginia, one's in Kansas, one's in Iowa, one's in Philadelphia. These are young preachers that have been in the ministry at least 10 years and have been faithful and I know that God has a target on their, or the devil has a target on their back. Agreed? So I pray for them because they're the future of guys like me. I pray for, uh, also, uh, uh, next week I'll pray for five church planners that have planted a church with BIMI in the last two years somewhere in the United States. And I will send them a text and let them know you are important to me. I am praying for you because I want God to bless you in a great way. 
And I didn't get the truck driver, and I probably didn't get any of you in my text this morning, but I'm addicted to praying for these people. How many pray for somebody every day in here? You're addicted. All right. I may have to take, I have to take a medicine every day called allopurinol, okay? It's for gout, all right, because I like to eat bacon. And I've had kidney stones. And how many's ever had gout in here? Okay. How many's ever had a kidney stone in here? They say it's like giving birth to a baby. Ladies, you can do that, amen? Because I've, I've had three of those things, and they hurt. But I found out that Diet Coke, the coloring in Coke products, the dark coloring, is what was producing my kidney stones. And I was drinking five to six Diet Cokes a day. When the doctor in Australia told me that, that uh, DeLong, that's what's making it, guess who stopped drinking Coke the next day? That was tough. I'd never been on dope. Boy, I've had a hard time getting off that, <laughs> the real thing, Coke. <laughs> but I got off of it. I haven't had a bottle since or a drink since. I want to tell you something. I am addicted to the ministry. But I want to show you this morning why <clears throat> Stephanus and his family, his family was addicted to this giving. And I just want to encourage you in that fact. Number one, let's look at, let's read about Mark chapter 16. Start at verse 15. Jesus says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Uh, shall they cast out devils and shall speak with new tongues and they shall take up serpents. And if they drink uh, any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. Now here's a key. And they went forth. And preached everywhere the word, preached the Lord, uh, everywhere they preached. Now watch this, the Lord working with them. Wow. And confirming the word. That is great, isn't it? Here's the first thing this morning. I want you to see why Stephanus and his family was addicted. They, there was a command by the Lord to go and they knew it. You see, when that church was started in Acadia, he was the first fruits. He was one of the first people saved and, and, and discipled and baptized. And one of the church members, and he's probably maybe even the pastor there. I don't know. But I know this, that he, the Bible says in chapter 16, verse 15, to go into all the world. Matthew 28, 19 says, unto all nations, preaching and teaching the gospel. Now this man, we never hear a sermon from him or anybody from his family. But it said he was addicted to the ministry of giving so liberally, so that liberally, so the ministries could go out. You know, the, the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ is to reach the world. Now, BIMI, we're in 960 missionaries in 93 countries. And the sun never sets on our ministry somewhere in this world. He's been in a lot of them. My part of that ministry is I have my ministries in, in, in New Guinea. Me Adam talk pidgin lick lick. You hire him neck belong me now. Me Adam talk Papa God. You savvy all get that. So I can preach in that language. All right. Then I got another language there called Motu. Uh, to say good morning, Adabanamona. Me lao namo. You lao namo. I'm good. You're good. I can go in that language. All right. See, I invested in there. I, and I had to go to language school in there because God put a heart put a heart in me that I am addicted to the people of Papua New Guinea. I even adopted one. How many understand that? 
And I have a line there till the day I die. She has a clan there of over 500 people, a village of 10,000 people that know her. And I can go in and out that country. I never need a visa. I never need a passport. No one else can do that because I've been in there for over 20 years and I'm addicted to that ministry there. I can't do anything else. Why? God told me to. He commanded me to. Not, not to Torrington, Connecticut. He's called him here. Not to Bangladesh. He's called somebody else there. Not to Alaska. He's called somebody else there. But God has commanded me, and I know that without a doubt, that's what he wants me to do. Now, when it comes to this, are you addicted enough just to obey what God puts in your heart to do? That's the question. You know, you supported me when I went to Australia. And my first week there, we, we didn't get our container for six months, so we slept on the floor, ate off an ironing board. And, and the second day in our house that we'd rented, I got a knock at the door. It was my neighbor, and his name was Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> he said, good day, mate. Yeah, yeah good, good to see you. And he said, hey, mate, you got one of those Yankee voices, don't you? You're from the South. He's making fun of me, and he's about half drunk, and he's in the Navy. And he said, I'll be your neighbor. I said, well, that's great. That's fine. Fantastic. He said, now, we may have some parties, <coughs> you know. He said, what do you do? Are you in the military? And I moved into a military suburb in Australia. They don't put their military in barracks. They move them in amongst the people. They're like, they have four or five different streets. And when that whistle goes off, their phones go off, they all assemble with the people and protect them and stuff. But anyway, he said, uh, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. I'm a missionary. I come here to plant a church. He backed up. He said, oh, no, whoa, 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 you're what? He said, at 14, I, was, I, I robbed a place and got arrested, and I had to go. I had a choice to go to jail or go, go, to, go to this a boy's home for, uh, for, for six months. And I went there, and I didn't do anything wrong, and they, they gave me a Bible. And, he, and he, he ran back over to his house and brought me a Gideon Bible, you know. And he said, but I've never read it. I just wanted to stay out of jail. He said, wow. You know what? That was the most ungodly man I'd ever met. He had tattoos all over him, and I told him, when you come to my house, don't ever come without a shirt on because his whole back was pornography. And I said, he said, why would you want me to do that? I said, listen, mate, I got a wife, and I got a daughter, and we are Christian. He says, why is that any different than anybody else? I'm addicted to think how God wants me to think, and I've got a heart for God. You know, in six months, he was standing on my fence, drunk, on Thanksgiving Day, 2007, with his mate. They both were drunk. And he yelled down off his fence at me and said, Hey, Reverend, give this man the gospel because he is a Catholic that married a Gentile and they're both going to go to hell. With that, I saw they were drunk. I turned my water hose on high and I squirted him off the fence. They fell down on their side and they're mad. And I kept squirting them through the fence. And John came around, and uh, Boz came with him. <laughs> and uh, Boz just, just got out of uh, Afghanistan at that time and for the uh, military, and, and John, and, and they, they, were, they were steaming mad. And I, I grabbed this Bible, and I told my wife as I walked through the house, dial 00. Over there, 911 is 000. So don't dial everything but the third zero. They come around, and, and I open up the front door, and she's hiding over here behind the wall. She's got the phone ready, and I held my Bible up. Stop right there. They looked at me. I'll put a, I'll, I'm going to put a spell on you. 
I didn't say curse because I didn't know what. I said, I'm going to have God judge you. They, whoa, whoa, don't do that, preacher, because John knew enough just to shoot himself in the foot. I said, you boys go home and get sobered up. And you come back tomorrow and apologize to me. And you need to, both of you are on your way to hell. You need to be on your way to heaven because you got a wife and you got kids. And God brought me here for a reason. And I don't know what the reason is yet, but I think you two are part of it. They looked at me like a bullfrog in a first hailstorm. What in the world did he just say? They stumbled back to their house. John came back the next day. My legs, I shook for about 20 minutes afterward. I don't know why I did that. But I realized that God had me in Australia for a reason. And I think I, God commanded me to go there. <coughs> and I didn't know what was in front of me. But I know God had me to witness. Now, I'm, I'm going to say it quick as I can. Boss got, uh, uh, John got saved six weeks later. Ma, uh, uh, John's wife got saved. Let him vote. That about six weeks after he got saved, she got saved. Then Boz got saved, and his wife Shauna got saved, and brought her best friend Haley. She got saved. Her husband got saved. Now watch it. Iram got saved. Iram's wife got saved. Iram's three kids got saved. And when this story stops, over thirty-seven people trusted Christ as personal Savior because I squirted two boys off a fence that were drunk. But the big story is this. I went where God told me to go, and I did what God told me to do. That exposes me that I am addicted to what God wants me to do. I don't walk on water. I'm no different than you. But when God commands us to do this, I want you to understand. He said in Mark 16, go ye into all the world and hand out cookies. Well, that could be part of it. Sell goats, dig wells, no, preach the gospel. Number two, I want you to catch this with me. There was why Stephanus was addicted to the ministry. <coughs> why you and I need to be addicted to giving to missions. Why he was addicted to give liberally, him and his family. They knew, number two, there was consequences for sin. There are consequences for sin. Look at Mark chapter 15. I look 16 and look at verse 15. It says, go and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be what? Damned. Well, when you preach the gospel, it's to get people to go to heaven. And I want you to understand that everybody gets saved. Amen. But everybody needs to know there is consequences for your choice. And Stephanus back here and in 1 Corinthians 16, made a choice. Not only to get saved, baptized, and discipled in that church of Arcadia, but he made a choice to be addicted to the thing and to the principle that there are consequences. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, therefore uh, 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 death is passed upon all of us. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. He was addicted to the fact that, folks, if you do not get saved, there's consequences. <clears throat> I want to tell you this. This world is a mean place, is it not? But I have found out in my ministry, and I want you to listen to my heart on this. The people that are on their way to hell are not necessarily bad people. They just don't know. When you see all the false religions I see in Australia and, and New Guinea, and when I travel, I mean, how in the world can people go worship a tree? <laughs> Or some elephant with 15 legs, you know, this Hindu religion, uh, the, the Baha, 
the Muslim, the Mormon. I mean, I'm telling you, how can people worship something that's false? Can I tell you something? They just don't know any better. I'm telling you, the devil has their heart. Jesus said when Jesus, it was, it was all dark. When he, when he came, he brought what with him? The light. I want to encourage you this morning. There are consequences for our choices. Well, preacher, what do you mean by that? Well, would you join me? Keep your hand right there. Go to Rev, uh, Revelations chapter 20. I want you to catch this with me because of time's sake. Revelations chapter 20. There's consequences. Why is there world missions? Why was this man, Stephanus and his family, why were they addicted to not only the ministry, but they were addicted to giving? They were bringing the gifts to the missionaries. The Bible says in verse 12 of chapter 20, it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things, which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which in them, and death and hell delivered up the dead which in, uh, in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is what? Second death. So if your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire, will be cast in the lake of fire. This man and his family, Stephanus in 1 Corinthians 16, they were addicted to get people to the cross. You know, in your ministries, you'll run into several things. One Sunday morning in Cairns, I was preaching... <coughs> on the subject of abortion. I don't know how I got there. But God put on my heart and, and, and I said, it, it, it's wrong. It's not right. You have no right to take a life that God has brought into the world. All God's people said. But I won't guarantee you, may even be in this room today, there may be someone in here that's had an abortion. Well, I'm preaching that way and, and uh, we had several decisions and, and then one of the most faithful Men in our church, and well, they were from Romania. And his daughter called me out of the blue. She was 20 years old. She said, Pastor, I need to meet you and your wife by yourselves. And uh, I'm going to act, tell my dad I'm going to work, but I'm coming to your house. And so she came over to our house, and Andrea sat down there in the house, and she, she said, Pastor Dan, i got to tell you something. Uh, three months ago, I had an abortion. I said, what, Andrea? Yeah, I had an abortion. And she said, I, I, I've been saved for four or five years, and I got saved at a youth camp, but I'm dating this guy, and Tony, and he's a nice guy, and I love him, and he, he, doesn't, he didn't know that I was pregnant. Mom and dad doesn't know. His, her mother was Romanian. I'm telling you what, uh, 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 she's about six foot tall any way you want to roll her, and, and, and she was so outgoing. and she just, I mean, she loved Jesus, but boy, when she got upset, you better get out of the room. And she said, Pastor Dan, I want, you to, I want you to get my dad tomorrow. And I got to get this off my heart. And I want you to put us in a public place. And I want you to sit between me and him. And I want you to tell him what's taking place. Preacher, I did. I didn't know what I was. I did. I know it was wrong. And I, well, God, God will forgive you. Will you help me? Will you help me? Will you help me? Boy, they didn't teach this at New Testament survey at BJ. Or pastoral theology at Maranatha. So I honored her request. And I had... Her sat here and him sat here, and he thought we was getting a cup of coffee. And he, and he said, well, Pastor Dan, what are we doing here? Hey, I love the coffee, but I, I want to talk to you for just a minute, okay? And, uh, and, I, and your daughter's here, and you're here. And I, I, your daughter, Brother Florian, 
had an abortion three months ago. He was in shock. Do not overreact. Do not talk. He looked at her and started crying. Could not control himself. Never spoke. This went on for six, eight minutes. And he said this word. How could you? He looked at her and said, how could you? How could you? You know, folks, there's consequences of sin, is there not? How could you do that? And I ask people today to jar our thoughts for a moment. How could we miss this opportunity to work with people like this, watch me now, in ministries like his, in ministry like ours? How could we miss that? He calmed down. We prayed. Long story short, told the wife the next day, everything's fine. We gave it to the Lord. She went through counseling with us. She ended up marrying that Tony. They have three children now. They moved to the other side of Australia. She teaches a Sunday school this size every Sunday morning, three, uh, third grade and fourth grade. He's one, he's one of the workers in that church because the consequences of sin made a decision to get it right. Oh, by the way, her mom and dad are in another church just south of Cairns, about two hours. They're faithful every Sunday morning too. See, there's going to be consequences for the choices you make. And this story bothers us, doesn't it? How could you? How could we miss the opportunities God's given us to be addicted to the ministry because people have sinned, there's consequences for their choices, and God has brought us to these people to work with them to make sense of their lives. All God's people said, I don't know what you're going through, but there are consequences for the wrong choices. Watch me now. There are consequences for the right choices. Stephanus was addicted to this, and God blessed him for it. Number three, let me go quickly. I want you to catch this with me. Not only consequences, there, number three, there, there has to be a compassion. Look at Mark chapter 16 with me. Look at verse 15. It says, go and preach uh, to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go ye. And with that, I want you to understand, as Paul, as Stephanus, Paul writes about Stephanus in going out, I want you to understand he had figured this out from the pastor or the missionary that started that church in Acadia. Look at verse 20 in Mark 16. Uh, the Lord working with them. He had a heart, Stephanus did, because he knows God was directing, directing him. He had a compassion. You know, uh, I've got a compassion in me, as you know, for Papua New Guinea. You can see your compassion is this medical missions thing. All right. And that's what God puts in our wheelhouses. In your wheelhouse, in your world, God's put it this way. I want you to see Stephanus here. And I want you to see Forkunus for here. Can't pronounce his name right. I want you to see the churches of Macedonia. That what I put into their lives and their hearts, this grace giving. When you do this with a compassion to reach the lost in the world, God said, I promise you. I promise you, I will meet every need you'll ever have. You say, preach, that's pretty strong preaching, but that's the truth, amen? How many of you folks in here have suffered besides me with health, huh? Finances, huh? Did you get the answer at the psychologist? Did you get the answer from some sweet-talking preacher? 
Or did you get the answer from the Holy Spirit of God right here? Taking His Word. And He puts Stephanus and uh, uh, God puts all these things in Scriptures to encourage us, give us hope and understanding. No matter what consequence we face, we better have a compassion. Now watch this. To be addicted to Him, not addicted to this or that or everything else. Hey, uh, how many of you ever been to a Boston Red Sox game? Okay. How many game Boston Red Sox fans? Okay. Are you addicted to them? How many are going to root for the Yankees in here? Woo! Oh, well, we're hitting already. All right. Okay, now, that's okay. We like rooting for our teams, don't we? That's not a good thing to be addicted to. How many folks are addicted to breathing? <laughs> Stop once and see how it works. Eating? Yeah. Doing those diets? Yeah. Been there and done that. How many addicted to spending? My, every Christmas, my wife's electric. She charges everything on that card. Amen. I'm just saying, we can get addicted to the wrong things, but God here points out the fact that we need to have a compassion to be addicted to the right things. I stand in front of you today as a Christian because a man named Jim Beaver owned a gas station in Marietta, Ohio, paid my way to camp for seven years, and I did not get saved till the sixth year. He was addicted to working with young men that had nothing going on, but he saw something in us. And he would pay. He'd work extra hours, extra shifts. He would sell a, a sweet corn along the side of the road, collect pop, collect pop bottles in ditches to get our, our way paid to camp because he was addicted. And you know what? I think it paid off for him in my case. And lastly, let me give you the last point. Now, is this. I want you to see this. We have a companion. Why we need to be addicted, we have a companion. Chapter 16, verse 20 says, The Lord working with them. Acts chapter 16, Paul wanted to go over here. The Holy Spirit said no. Luke wanted to go over here. The Holy Spirit said no. Timothy and and Luke and Paul wanted to go here. No. Silas, no. God said, I want you to go over here to Macedonia and preach the gospel there. And I want you to understand, they realized that the Holy Spirit was their companion. So when it comes to being addicted to giving, like it says here in the New Testament, who's with us in this addiction? The Holy Spirit of God. And let Him direct you and let Him direct me. Amen? As you close your Bibles, let me give you a two-minute story. You in supporting me uh, over the years is I'm going to show you how God's blessed you, and you may not know it. While in Australia, we had a hurricane. They call them a uh, cyclone over there. And it was a Category 5, and it was coming in to Cairns. All our cell phones went off. We was ordered to go to high ground or to a safe building. So we went to a safe building, and they locked us in there, took all the windows, and they screw plywood to them. There was eight policemen at each door with submachine guns. You were locked in. You could not go out. There was no smoking. Praise God, I wasn't a smoker. Amen? Because I seen nicotine fits that night at first hand. And uh, our neighbors were with us, and we're all laying on the floors. And, and the, the, the head man of the Red Cross brought the food, brought the drinks, but he forgot to bring plates. And I had that. When I came, I, I brought our passports, a wallet, and... We, we duct taped our dog's cage to the top of our refrigerator. 
because the water was supposed to come in our house up to four feet from the surge, from the sea. And so we couldn't take any animals with us. And, and so, by the way, ladies, uh, they all asked afterwards, the dog did survive, okay? I want you to know that. That's all they worry about. But, and, and, and so we, and I said, but I, I, if I go to get the plates, the police, they took me, and I said, sir, I'm going to bring back 400 pieces of paper that will invite these people to my church. I will not witness to them because I'm not allowed. But if I get the plates, will you let me? Yeah, you can do that. He said, I'll even have you open up in prayer. Great. So we went and got the plates and come back. And, and I had uh, 2,500 plates. And we were supposed to be in there for two or three days. And, and, and that night we, we ate. And I gave out uh, uh, inviting people to the church. They all thought they were going to die in a storm. <laughs> I'm telling you what. I had them. And, uh, and we prayed with four or five families. And we survived that storm, got out the next day. That next Sunday, I knew there was going to be 150, maybe 300 people in my church service. Yes! Not one came. Not one the next week. Not one the next week. Week four, a couple come in the back with their kids. Went in and went out and never said a word to me. They would leave during the invitation. They want to, they're running from God for something. And about the third week in, I had my deacon close in prayer, and I ran outside and stopped them. Gave them a witness. All five of those people got saved over the next three or four months. When I was ready to leave Australia to come back here in 2012-13, I went over to their house because they're faithful members of the church. Appreciate them being part of it. I baptized them all, discipled them all. And I said, how in the world did you ever run into us? They said, don't you remember? And that lady went and got her Bible. She put the date of that storm and the time of that storm, the time my wife and my daughter handed them that one little piece of paper from our church four years earlier. I said, wow, I didn't know that. You see, folks, when you're addicted to the ministry, things are going to happen that you may never see or know. But understand this. The companion that's inside of you, when he speaks to your heart to give, when he speaks to your hearts to reach, he has a reason for it. Now, those people not only have a, our church in Cairns, they've started another church back in New Guinea from where they're from. It's amazing how God works. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for the opportunity you've given us to meet. We thank you that you give us the, the privilege and the honor to raise the, uh, support and money and prayer and finances to reach the lost around this world. First here in Torrington. First here in, in Connecticut. First here on the East Coast. And then to the outermost parts of the earth. Who can say, preacher, God spoke to my heart this morning. That I need to be part of this because God wants me to be. I know there's consequences for sin. I know I need to have the compassion. But the big thing is the companion. The Holy Spirit in me. I know he wants me to be part of this. Would you pray for me? Pray for me I'll listen to God this morning. Could you raise your hand? Thank you. Many, many hands. Father, we give you this morning service. We pray, Lord, you'll continue to work in our hearts. Amen. Pastor Marty.